It's the Locked On Canes podcast, where it's all about the you. I'm your host, Corey Joyner. I am joined by my co-host, Fred Perdue. In another wild weekend, our Canes suffered another crushing defeat to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And we all hyped them up that this was going to be an easy game for them to win. But guess what? The cardiac Canes showed up. You know... There was a certain former Miami Hurricane that a, a recent Hall of Famer, and I, I have to put that respect on his name. Not one time, but two times. Two times. College and NFL. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me am I right. Hell no. Nah. Manny Diaz yeah. said, you know, Manny Diaz said we were doing right, but we ain't doing it. I put my heart in this, and I definitely put my heart in this all season, and, you know, being in, you know, being in enemy territory was not fun. It was just not fun at all. You know, I'm hurt. It's all right, Fred. It's gonna, it's gonna be okay. Better days are ahead. Hopefully this season. Hopefully better days this season are ahead. But on today's show, we're going to recap the action from Saturday. We're going to check in on the status of a huge impact player that was suspended for this game and what that's going to mean for the team going forward. And then we're also going to dive into Monday's coach's press conference and talk about how Coach Manning is speaking now about this season and the program moving forward. Before we kick things off, make sure you guys go follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnCanes for all the latest happenings with the show and updates on the team. Now, we're going to get things with notes and news on what happened before the game on Saturday. Jeff Thomas was suspended uh, before the game. His status is still up in the air for the next game. So we don't know exactly what happened uh, with Jeff Thomas and then why he was suspended. But it's not looking good for, for JT4. Yeah, JT, he's been just, he's had a cloud over his head for the last two years. I mean, dating back to last year where he essentially quit on the team. And then now you have a violation of team rules. And, you know, those, whenever you hear violation of team rules, it's so, there's so many things that could have happened. Uh, And, you know, with this, it's now carrying over to this week against the pit against Pitt, so you don't know what to expect and he's our field stretcher he's if you want to talk about canes of yesteryear recently he's our philip dorsett he's our sonorous moss i know i went back a little little bit farther than a lot of you guys remember but he's the field stretcher and without him guys like d wiggins he's a bigger guy guys like like brevin jordan he's more of a middle of the field safety valve kind of guy uh even Mike Harley, he's not a field stretcher. He's a nice slot receiver, but he's not going to – He's no one's afraid of him beating you deep. Uh, so, for me, when I look at how he affects this team, uh, not only on the field but off the field and how he's definitely not – he's hurting his team. What happened to accountability? Fred, Fred, hold one second. One second, Fred. I got, I got breaking news here. <laughs> Brian Hightower just – sent out a post, looks like it's on Instagram, that he is entering the transfer portal. Whoa, that's huge. That is huge. Another big-time player. I mean, I remember last year seeing him at – we were at the spring game last year, and he made a crazy catch. 
And I said, this kid's going to be special because we don't have any big receivers. And he just, he's been inconsistent. I can say that about a lot of the receivers, but very inconsistent. And he's not getting the touches, but, man, that's crazy. Yeah, he has been inconsistent, but I really liked his upside. And for for these players with the transfer portal, Dan Hage, um, if he feels like he's going to get a better opportunity somewhere else, we wish him the best. But I would love to have seen him stay with the program and fight his way to get on the field, become a consistent player, and, you know, just be the next big receiver for, for the Miami Hurricanes. But with this information here, he's he's out the door. And um, best of luck to him. Definitely best of luck to him. I mean, it, it seems like we've lost about three receivers over the last few years, whether it was uh, Marquez Ezzard, uh, whether it was Tyree Brady to Marshall, who's now in the NFL, or and now Brian Hightower. We just keep losing guys. Sometimes, he lost Cager, too. Cager made yeah, Lawrence Cager, For all too. the drops he made, he made some big catches, he's, too. So He's making some big-time plays for the University of Georgia now. So, I mean, that's those are four, at some point, rotational starters or starters for other teams, and they're being successful elsewhere. Something's going on internally that maybe just maybe isn't a great thing. Yeah, and, and other news for, for Kane's players, former Kane's player, Anthony Ciccolo. He was arrested overnight, an incident involving his girlfriend. Sources claim that it happened um, at the Woodlands Resort. He was charged with simple assault and criminal mischief. What, what is going on with our guys? We got guys leaving. We got guys getting in trouble. Is, is, it, is, is it retrograde? Is it a full moon? What's <laughs> happening, Fred? I will not tolerate um, players that... Think it's about I don't know them. What's going on with Kane's Nation right now? I mean, former players are, you know, doing things like this. This is what makes people look at the, the program and players that come from this and call us, you know, the old thug you. I haven't heard that one in a long time. But, you know, things happen and, and Anthony Ciccolo didn't seem like that kind of guy. I think a lot of until you get all of the details, uh, and we all know some of the sometimes there's some other hidden details that are in that uh, don't want to take this and and uh, sweep it under the rug or anything because any anybody's capable of anything. But uh, Anthony Ciccolo, that was that one's tough to stomach because he always seemed like he was a very uh, stand up kind of guy, especially when he was with the program. Yeah, he was uh, there at the university when when I was there, man, and he was a great guy, man, cool stand up guy. So for him to to you know get into this trouble, I hope um, that. He didn't do anything wrong, but if he did, uh, I hope he can get everything right and get things turned around. So uh, for him as well, well, best of luck to him. Got to stay out of trouble, guys. Got to stay out of trouble. So that's the news. So let's jump into this game. I mean, the, my, my tone, you know, is still a little depressed, like, and upset from, from this game, man. I'll be honest with you. After the way the game ended, Fred, I'm gonna be honest. I was I was hotter than fish grease. I was at my friends. They had their one year old birthday party. I took my nieces over there so they could they could go over there and have a good time. They had bounce house, you know. They had multiple game, multiple TV with the games on, and everything. So I was there. There was a couple other Canes fans there, which is you know good to be around fellow Canes. But for that game to end the way it did. And you have a call overturned for a first down where they bring out the chain 
after it was called the first down on the field to measure and we lose? Bam. (laughs) I was livid. (laughs) Yeah, and for me, I I had a very interesting experience because, one, it was rainy. I was in Atlanta and enemy territory, you know, I spoke about how my wife and I, we were on our one-year anniversary, and we just, I didn't really have my phone out to watch. I was trying to enjoy time with the wife, and I didn't really have a chance to really watch anything from the game, per se, at the time when it was live. But I would p- take a peek at the score every time we got, I got a chance. And, you know, we stopped to go get some food, and we actually stopped at, at, a, at a nice little place uh, in downtown Atlanta where they had the game on, and... I caught about the last drive or so uh, when this at the end of this game. Actually, as a matter of fact, I caught the la- the last field goal that uh, that was missed, and everything from there on. And I said to myself, "This is how this game has been going." You know, I don't know what to do, and then not to mention the, the house is packed with Georgia Tech fans. So I have. I just have on a gray hoodie. You know, it's raining, it's cold. So I don't want, I'm not, I didn't take any Canes gear with me. I tried to be nice. And I just had, you should have. I just put my head down. I just didn't even want to, I just didn't even want to, you know, put myself out there in a house full of Georgia Tech fans. I would have probably brought my head back up had, you know, we won this game. But, you know, this one was hard to stomach because, like you said, you, from the beginning, you know, when I got a chance to rewatch the t- watch the tape, whether it was the Nikosi Perry play, where at the begin the first possession of the game, you see double A gap blitzes coming. I mean, they're manned up across the board, and I'm saying to myself, "What are you doing, Nikosi? Check out of what you're doing, whatever you have right now. Check out of it. Call a timeout. Do something because they're bringing everybody. They're bringing everybody, and that is what you're supposed to do." Georgia Tech made the perfect call. You take a young quarterback who's slightly experienced, but in his own territory, all you have to do is bring a little pressure. The receivers aren't really that great, and he's only looking at one half of the field. You bring pressure. No one expects a sack fumble, but at least he's going to have to throw it away, throw it in the dirt. No, they get the ultimate ultimate play, the sack, scoop, score, touchdown. I'm going to argue that play against you. Um, uh, on your take on it. Now it was a terrible play, awful. Sack fumbles, touchdown. That's the best case scenario that Georgia Tech could have wanted for that play. But it was a double A got blitz. They sent the house, but it looked like that play was a screen play. Uh, now was it risky running a screen play that far into our own territory? Yes, very risky, and we didn't win the gamble. But if that play would have connected. We're looking at a big play for our offense. Um, so we gambled and we lost. And it's just our offensive line, they're just in pass protection. They're just so they're just so bad. Like there's there's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. They're they're really bad. Uh, running the football, we saw some good things. Cam Harris. He he Cam Harris was told to rock. He was toting the rock, man. Uh, unfortunately, DJ Dallas ended up getting hurt this game, and we're, we're still waiting to see what the status is going to be on him. But next man up, and Cam Harris stepped up big time for 136, averaging 7.6 yards a carry. So so shout out to him for, for the game he had. Unfortunately, it gets overshadowed because we didn't come away with the W. 
It does. It really does because Miami's struggle has been running the football. And he, uh, when I got a chance to sit down and really watch the, the, the game day copy, I said, man, Cam Harris is just finding running lanes. And he's he's eating. He's he's eating like Zeke is eating. Uh, and everyone, most people know I'm a, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I'm a big Zeke Elliott fan. <laughs> and he was he was eating. And for me, you know, I really, I said, man, this we have a chance at this one. And, you know, every time I got a chance to peek at the, the, the game score, I would say, let me look at the, the stats a little bit. You know, shout out to my wife for letting it to, for being cool about that. But, you know, I have to, you know, I had to do what I had to do. But, you know, for me, I'm saying, oh, Miami's running the ball. And if you're, it's like watching a game blind, just looking at stats and thinking, man, this might be okay. We might be okay. Cam, Cam Harris is running the ball. Now I was worried. I'm like, why is DJ not getting any carries? But at least before, when I got a chance to see the game copy, I said, man, Cam Harris was running the ball. John Campbell actually looked good up front. Um, Devon Donaldson got moved around a little bit, and that was concerning. Uh, once you get a chance to really understand how the coaches think a little, that's, then you can understand why they're moving guys around. This is They're playing musical chairs, but they're trying to find the best five that work. But the offense was moving, and then they stopped running the football. And that's what kind of infuriated me a little bit because Nikosi Perry works so great when he has a running game. And Georgia Tech, they're smaller up front. Just beat these guys up. Come on, coach. Yeah, it was was a long day Saturday. And we're going to come back with more information uh, breaking down um, that game. There's a couple other points we want to get to. And also head coach Manny Diaz, he had a lot to say. Uh, right after that game in the in the press conference. So on the other side of the break, we'll, we'll be right back uh, to break down that information. Now, Fred, in this game, we still had some kicking woes. And it was... I, th- I thought we saw the worst of the kicking situation in the last... Uh, the game before last. I thought we saw the worst of the kicking situation. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, the kicking situation is mm. bad. We're talking at this point. We're getting to a point where we're going to be looking at a third string kicker, and deserve it. You know, I, I from what I heard during the during pregame, uh, there was a kicking competition. Bubba Baxa looked good. Turner Davidson looked good. I don't know what any of these coaches are seeing, but you can't miss the kicks that these guys are missing. You know, I keep hearing. These two guys look great in practice. These two guys look great in practice. Well, it needs to translate in, onto the field. At some point, we're not talking about practice anymore. We're not talking about practice. We're talking about a game, not practice. We're talking about a game. I need it to look good in game because nine points were left on the field. That's more than enough to win a game. Actually, that's two points more that, than we would need to win a game. And those, Yeah, those, those kicks would have won us the game for sure. Um, especially late in the game when, when, when we were driving and you bring out your kicker expecting him to make the play, make the money kick, and he just didn't do it. And actually, uh, Davidson made three extra points. So at least they made the extra points on Saturday. But far as for field goals, 0 for 3, you can't have that. Um, Shaq Quarterman, he was speaking about the, the kicking situation you know, it's tough on those guys. It's so much pressure going into games, missing kicks. You're, you're going to get the fan hate. 
you know, I'm sure they're walking around campus and it's not a good experience <laughs> for them. Um, and, and Shaq was just like, you know, you got to just love on them. You know, you got to have them pick their head up. It's, it's, a, it's a special position in the game of football uh, because it takes technical skill to make kicks. But there's got to be accountability. You know, they have to be accountable for missing these kicks. Kicks that determines football games on Saturday. Everyone, and unfortunately, they're not getting the job done. Everyone looks at the kicker position. We all hate kickers until they have to make that kick. I've been mm-hmm. on both sides of it, whether it's the high school level, uh, as a coach, as a fan, at the college level, I've been there. At the NFL level, I've definitely been there. Um, resident Patriot fan over here, but that's a whole other story. Uh, but, you know, for me, I, I look at how this whole situation with the kicker, it, at some point do you open up a an open tryout in the middle of the season? I mean, I've seen crazier things, and – for the two guys that are there, you have to feel terrible, but you have to be for the coaches. You have to fix it. it, it you're, these are D one players here. You know, this is Division one football. You are getting a scholarship to not only block for these guys, but also for these guys to make kicks. And I'm not calling anything simple because I'm not a college kicker. So I'll never. And, and as a former coach, nothing on that field when you have big guys running at your face trying to knock your to block a kick and without actually touching you and you have to literally make a to to have the concentration to make that kick those i mean it's it's tough it's almost equivalent to a three point shooter in basketball they have to keep shooting these guys have to keep kicking but at some point as a coach if if I'm Manny Diaz if I'm you know, Dan Enos, I just say, screw it. I'm not every fourth down. We just got to go for it at this point because I can't trust my kicker. And if you do, tr- don't, if you don't trust your kicker, now he's in the tank and you may need him at some point, even if you are like a six and 16 and you're barely in your hopes of a bowl game and those extra practices, because at this point, if you're making a bowl game at six and six, those practices are what you want. No one cares about that bowl game, but you have to, to get into that game, if it rides on the shoulders of Bubba Baxter or Turner Davidson, yeah. we're not getting into that game. You got to say, <laughs> we're not getting into that game. If it's on the shoulder of Bubba Baxter. <laughs> okay. Um, just for the game, before we move on to, to Manny's presser post game, because he did say something that had Twitter in uproar, Kane's Twitter in uproar. Uh, the game ended very controversial. There was a review after a first down was called on the field. From the play itself, we had the first down. The first down was had. Mm-hmm. He kind of went back a little bit, but you could say he was trying to break a tackle or whatever. He had forward progress where he had the first down, but they reviewed it, and then they measured to see if he had the first down. Measurement comes up short. Georgia Tech wins. Miami loses. We just lost to a 1-5 football team. We didn't really talk about this, Fred, off mic today. What were your thoughts on how this game ended? You know, when I saw this, because this was the, the my lasting impressions, the last, I, I literally exited the building on this call. You know, I've, been, I've seen some terrible calls in my lifetime, whether it's the 2002 uh, Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State call against Glenn Sharp, 
Uh, I'll never let Ohio State live that down. Those refs owe us a championship. Uh, I'm still waiting on that. You can deliver that to um, you can deliver that to the University of Miami whenever. Uh, but whether it's that, whether it's you know, I've seen just terrible, terrible calls. This is up there because it determined a game, and I hate when refs determine a game. You can't. I've never seen where you can actually. Call a play down as a first down. You can't call it a first down on the field. Review it, then say we're going to respot the ball, and then we're going to move the ball back, despite the first down already being had, not to mention the forward progress that was already had. None of this ruling made any kind of sense, and I keep watching it saying, what happened? And that's what Canes fans are left with. What happened? How did we get here? How did we get here? So after the game, Coach Manny Diaz did his post-game press conference. Um, and what he said, it was in context of talking about recruits and building up the program for depth and filling in these positions where we're lacking in talent and lacking in depth. And he said, to me, for lack of a better word, this is a rebuild. Coach Manny, Coach, Coach Manny, we talked about completing for championships when you were hired. We talked about getting back to the U and starting that culture where we're back. Now we rebuilding? Something ain't adding up, Fred. It's not adding up to me, Fred. Talk to me. It's not adding up to me. You know, a rebuild is just not what I expected in the cards. And, you know... At the beginning, 52 weeks ago, you know, we introduced Manny Diaz as the new head coach, not just 12 hours after Mark Rick decided to step down, which um, sending prayers up for him because he uh, he had a mild heart attack today. So, you know, thoughts and prayers are going out to him too. But, you know, when, he, when Manny Diaz took out, set on this journey to – rebuild this team and I hate saying rebuild this team now but you know take over what he already had the three years that he are this is year four of the Manny Diaz defense granted you don't have you don't have Jaquan you don't have Redwine you don't have Michael Jackson or Joe Jackson you know you don't have any of those guys and this defense is a lot different than three years ago two years ago or even last year where you have a lot of youth and I understand that but the pr- a lot of this same youth has already been in the program. So there shouldn't be much to do, but it seems like the culture here, the it seems like a lot of the culture isn't what, you know, has been on the roster already. And it's it's two ways, it's two sides to this because from a player side of things, you have very little leadership. You only you don't you have three senior linebackers, but everybody else is very young on defense. So it's up to three guys, and you can't just have three guys be leaders on your locker room. But at the same time, you know, as I'm listening to, and I, and and I'll, I'm just gonna say it the way I want. I, I've been wanting to say it for the last couple of weeks. I feel like every time I hear Manny Diaz speak, oh, it's on me to be accountable. It's on me. It's on me. Is that's what I keep hearing, and I just keep hearing Al Golden in my head playing back all of the excuses versus get it done. Just get it done. I see it at Alabama every week. It, the mistakes are corrected. I see it at Clemson every week. The mistakes get corrected. Our own rivals at Florida are getting it corrected. 
and yet Miami is still stuck in this rut that they've been in. How many times do we have to reboot and rebuild before it gets done right? Off my soapbox now. You that's that's all right. Get on your soapbox when you need to, because it's definitely a lot that we're you know addressing as far as with this team and what Manny Diaz said. And we're going to touch more on what Manny Diaz said um, in his Monday press conference along with the other coaches. Um, So we will break all that down right after this. So, Fred, you talked about that statement being that we are in a rebuild um, coming from the Mark Rick team to now Manny Diaz team. And Manny Diaz, he's been here for four years. This is his defense. He's lost some leaders. But we expected Manny Diaz to keep that defense running while we have the offense catch up and we brought in Danny you know you know to open up this offense we have the athletes here at Miami we got the speed we got the talent and you saw on Saturday you saw big plays we got big chunk plays on Saturday we had Cam Harris running the football we had poor Nicosi Perry out there with a bum shoulder they even put Jaron Williams in the game for a series. But that was a terrible idea. So Nikosi played through his bump shoulder. And we still got big plays in this game. But where we failed at, we got in the red zone eight times. And only scored seven, only scored three times out of the eight. So we moved the football, but we didn't get enough scores. And that's one of the biggest reasons why we lost this game. Yeah, this one was tough to swallow because of the the red zone woes. I mean, you're not even 50% in the red zone. You have a mobile the first the first cry was our quarterback's not mobile. Well, now you have a mobile quarterback. We couldn't run the football. We ran the football well. You know, at some point the execution has to you have to execute. Uh you know, you have to perfect the execution as Manny Diaz says. Uh, I need these type of things to ha- to happen. I mean, I understand that Danny Nose has brought an offense over from Alabama, and the expectation was not uh, from the expectation was not Manny for wasn't for uh, Danny Nose to just magically fix this team on offense, especially with so many young pieces. But I expected at least some of the mistakes that were happening with guys like Malik Rozier to be fixed with. A Nikosi Perry in year two, or even a Jaron Williams in year one, but the same mistakes keep happening, not just week to week, but series to series. Yeah, one of the things Manny said in t- on today's press conference, um, he said 15 things had to go 15 for 15 for us to lose that game on Saturday. If 14 or 15 happen, we win. It was a lot of things that didn't go right. <laughs> it was a lot of things that did go right for Georgia Tech. So, I, I mean, he's trying to make logic out of out of a, a bad loss. Uh, oh, yeah, 15 or 15 had to go right for Okay, what are you going to do to go right so that the Canes come out victorious? Because losing to a 1-5 team, a team that had injuries, a team that's still trying to find their way and rebuild with a new offense of philosophy – this is inexcusable, Manny. This is low. I've seen so many Joker memes of the coaching staff. I don't know if I can take them more. 
yeah, I can't take this anymore. And, you know, I, I came very, very, very close to, uh, you know, waving the white flag and punting on this year. Just don't even worry about a bowl game. I don't even – I don't want to see Miami play like, who knows, Arizona or whoever state university just to catch another L and be a laughing stock at the beginning of December because, you know, a bowl game – or at the end of December because a bowl game can't be won. And, you know – why go travel when you're going to lose anyway? But it's and it's hard not to have that mentality when, you know, and you I, I don't know. For me, I, Mark Rick had success. Al Golden even had a nine and three season. But it just seems like maybe Manny Diaz might be a little over his head. And he he's been a part of this program and he wanted to fix the things that weren't going right under Mark Rick and just keep things the same on defense. But I think a lot of the the culture on this team, a lot of the young guys, I think part of it is this. A lot of the young guys think they have time and it's not always that way. Uh, I thought with Manny Diaz, we'd be getting a little bit more of an sec style mentality. Uh, This is year four for a lot of the Mark Rick guys. And yeah, we got three senior linebackers. One's coming back next year, but how does that solve our problem on offense? How does the offensive line issues get fixed? Uh, you know, a lot of the issues that I'm seeing and a lot of the solutions that are happening don't really match up. It doesn't match up at all. And defense coordinator Blake Breaker, you know, he brought up the poor tackling um, that this defense showed on Saturday. Um, probably the most missed tackles I think they've had all season. Actually, believe it or not, um, Pro Football Focus said that they missed 27 tackles in that game. I, I believe in Pro Good Football. Good Lord! It, that was a lot of missed tackles. And Manny Diaz actually said in that same press conference that, you know, they pride themselves, and he says this almost every week, he prides they the staff of, as a whole prides themselves on making sure guys tackle and that is so disappointing this season seeing so many missed tackles. It really is. You know, that's basic fundamental football. You play defense, you got to know how to tackle. And missing 27 tackles in the game. And you can see um, watching the game, their running game was wearing on our guys. And that allowed them, uh, as Coach Manny said, that allowed them to control some of the clock late down the stretch. Uh, so that that And that's what happens when you can run the football. We talked about it. When you can run the football, you have an opportunity to win football games because it opens up so much for your offense and gives you control over the game. They ran the football at key moments to help their team out, and they, you know, controversial win, but they got the win when 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 it matters. So it's tough, man. It's a, it's a tough game. Um, tough game for the fan base, for the students, for the players. And uh, they they have to recover from this because that game just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Uh, you know, going into the next game, too many people aren't going to be too happy even going into the next game because of this last game. So with head coach Manny Diaz, we're over halfway through the season. He has to show us something in these last five games as a head coach. How can you galvanize and get this team back together? So that they can play good football again with what you have. Because if not, will Coach Diaz even survive after this season? That's the head coach of the University of Miami. 
Yeah, uh, this is going to be a tough stretch. And, you know, the two quest- the two burning questions I have, and I kind of stated it a little bit earlier, is, is Manny Diaz over his head as the head coach at Miami? And mm. will Manny D- will Coach Manny Diaz survive as the head coach long enough to see this rebuild through? Because how many times have we seen Randy Shannon, let's rebuild the program, let's rebuild the image. Al Golden, now that the image has been rebuilt, uh, can we bring an NFL type of guy and an NFL type of uh, system in? And can you change? Can you continue bring, changing the image? And can we wear a tie on the sideline and change, make people forget about Thug U? And when that doesn't work, can we bring a former guy into the, into the program from a winning program at Georgia in Mark Rick? Can we bring that guy in? And can he change the fortunes? And yeah, he did change it. He even improved on a from a, from a nine win ten team to a ten win team, and then everything went downhill. So then you have that problem. And so you go from that problem to let's keep the same guy on staff because it wasn't the it wasn't the defense but it was the offense. So the defense is supposed to be carrying this team and they're not. So now you have not only will, the defense was supposed to be this was our last hurrah on defense where this team had those seniors and they're supposed to galvanize the team and Shaq Quarterman's that great leader and you know Pinkney's that that guy who he's the silent killer and. You know, McLeod is out there. He's he's the third guy. He's the he's the he's part of that big three. And you know, if we want to go basketball references, he's the guy. He comes back and he's going to be the senior leader. But how does any of this matter if the offense still can't carry? So, will Manny Diaz see us through this this rebuild, or will we be talking about another head coach in two to four years from now? And will will the will the administration even wait that long? And if I see one more meme of Blake James with a clown face on, I'm going to laugh so hard. I'm not going to, I just might fall over. Just saying. Time will tell. Time will tell if uh, Manny Diaz will see this rebuild through. Um, As we turn our attention towards Pitt, the Canes have a long road ahead of them and we will be right here to deliver the latest content for you. So make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform that you use, please leave a rating, a review, share with your family and friends, because it really helps out the show. Make sure, again, you follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnCanes. And finally, be sure to send in your Canes questions with hashtag LOC Mailbag. Don't forget to also follow Fred and myself, at CoreyJ863, and at FredPurdueCFB. And just as a heads up, Tomorrow, we're bringing you the latest from practice and happenings with our favorite college football team, the Miami Hurricanes. Go Canes! Go Canes. And by the way, I'm still hurt. Don't ask me tomorrow. (laughs) Hell no. Over and out.